Okay, I don't know if I gave that enough silence, but thank you so much for your time. I'm gonna start off as I'm gonna start off by saying, where can I go from from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall hold me, shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. Skyler. <laughs> okay, so I, Nicholas asked me to um, help lead the service today, and I certainly was flattered when uh, <laughs> I was flattered when he asked me. Uh, but this quickly turned into anxiety as I attempted to draft remarks that would at least be an echo of his inspirational homilies. Um, so to relieve my anxiety, I'm even wearing a vest today as a, as a talisman, so maybe that'll you know, help out, we'll see. Um, and as I thought about what I might say, I kept returning and reflecting on a quote that has its origins in the biblical Proverbs. Um, maybe you've heard of it, heard it before. Better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and to remove all doubt. <laughs> well, we'll see how it goes today. Um, and I might say that you know, part, so part of the process of preparing for today is being getting comfortable, or has been getting comfortable with appearing a fool. Um, I realize that this is an issue for all people of faith in today's largely sectarian, near-religious world. We need to be comfortable um, being thought of as God's fools. For how else can we hope to share the foolish, miraculous message of divine love with those whom we love? So that's what I'm going to attempt to do today. Um, so here we go. The theme of my message today is choosing a miraculous life. And the delivery of my message is a bit different from what uh, you're all used to with Nicholas. Um, I'll, be comment I'll be commenting on and then singing three different songs that are spiritual touchstones for me. All three are essentially about choosing to see the world as divinely miraculous and choosing to see the divine in every element of our lives, both the good and the bad. That was you know, sort of the message of Charlie's um, reading of Psalm 139. Um, the divine is present everywhere we look if we have eyes to see. Um, after I sing each song, I'll ask that uh, we all remain silent again for a moment, uh, reflecting on the song and its message. So that's sort of the format here today. Okay. So the first song I'm going to sing is actually an obscure Bob Dylan song. Oh, incidentally, all the songs um, that I'm going to do also I, I sort of were introduced to by Emmy, Emmy Lou Harris's um, uh, sort of 
version, so we're going to have the Bob Dylan version of the Emmy Lou Harris songs, and unfortunately uh, for me. So Emmy Lou Harris, I sort of consider an angel, at least when I hear her songs. It's uh, really like, like God speaking to me or some angel. So anyway, so that's sort of why I've chosen these. So the first song is called Every Grain of, S of Sand, and each verse begins with a description of personal struggle using poetic metaphor to convey um, you know, the different aspects of our struggles. But then at the end of each verse, there's a declaration of faith and understanding the divine, that the divine is present in you know, every grain of sand. When I go out to walk or ski or bike or raft, in the wonder of the natural world, amidst the velvet snow, the living waters, the vibrant flowers, the towering trees, the soaring mountains, I can't help but be amazed at the miraculous way the natural world is put together. All the parts beautiful and interconnected. And witnessing anew the birth, growth, and development of intelligence and, and, of intelligence and personality in my granddaughter here, um, <laughs> I am continually reminded how utterly astounding it is. It is beyond my understanding, and for this reason alone seems miraculous. Now, let me go further. It is miraculous. And for me, even learning the science behind how the natural world works makes it seem even more so, not less. And I'm inevitably soothed and renewed by each encounter with the miraculous natural world, and my daily struggles become smaller, less important. I'm reminded of the goal expressed in William Blake's immortal couplet, to see the world in a grain of sand, in heaven in a wild flower, to hold infinity in the palm of your hand, and eternity in an hour. So this is, to me, what's choosing to see, the, how, we, how we try to choose to see the miraculous in the natural world. It turns out it heals us, it heals us and it comforts us. It helps us to understand how small we are in this vast and wonderful world, and also how connected we are to it. So we've now gotten to the point where I sing a song. So please follow along, if you will, um, on the lyrics. Or you can just sit and listen uh, and let the song wash over you. Um, and then remember, we're going to do a, a minute of silence afterwards to sort of let it all sink in, if you will. Um, so here we go. Dying 
have choked the breath of conscience and good cheer. Sun me down upon the steps, time to light the way, to ease the pain of idleness, the memory of decay. I gaze to the doorway of temptation. So today's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers of all sorts, uh, both here and everywhere. Fathers have an essential role to play in the spiritual awakening of their children. And it's not about telling them how to think or what to believe. And I'm sure all parents understand that this is most often counterproductive. No, it's about leading by example and being patient while the kids figure out for themselves how to think and what to believe. I have all four of my children and their spouses and my granddaughter and my wife sitting here today with us. My string of pearls. Uh, they've, been witness, they've been witnesses to my example, my struggles and my sporadic growth, and my attempt to see the miraculous every day. In fact, they often jokingly mock me for my optimistic attitude, for believing in spite of often contrary evidence that everything works out for the best. And the second song I sing is about this belief, um, the belief that even our most painful struggles can produce something miraculous. It is the belief that is, it is often because of our painful struggles that we are able to grow in love. Pain and growth, it turns out, are intimately and inseparably intertwined. The song I'm going to sing was written by Emmylou Harris. It's called The Pearl. 
Um, and again, like the Dylan song, it uses poetic metaphor to convey the struggles and pain of life as well as the striving for something more. And the last verse suggests that our struggles and pains are like the grain of sand in an oyster that becomes something of surpassing beauty, a pearl. This is a wonderful metaphor for the miracle of divine love, which transforms us whether we like it or not, even whether we believe it or not. It opens the door to a miraculous view of our struggles and pain, one that recognizes that these two are divine gifts that we can choose to help us grow in love. Let me tell you a personal story to illustrate what I'm talking about. Fourteen years ago, I made the phone call that every parent and every father dreads. I called the Jackson Hole Ski Patrol to learn about my son Charlie's condition after he'd been injured while skiing in a big mountain comp. All they could tell me at the time was, we're trying to stabilize him so we can fly him to a hospital in Idaho. We're at least getting a blood pressure reading. Obviously bad news. This was the beginning of a long and painful journey for our family. We all flew immediately to Idaho to be by Charlie's side. And we stayed there through the three weeks he was in a coma, through four months at a traumatic brain injury rehabilitation hospital, and through many more months at our new home in Boulder where we had moved so we could slowly nurse Charlie back to a new life. He had been transformed, reborn even. We all were. And every year we celebrate the day of his accident as his rebirth day. And now, 14 years later, I look back on what has become of our family. And I'm humbled by how we have been transformed in love by these events. We have been brought together in ways that seem miraculous to me now, in retrospect. How could something so horrific bring such an awakening in all of us, a renewed appreciation of each other and the life we have been given? It seems now a gift of immeasurable worth, a miracle. A miracle because the transformation was something that happened to us, not something we brought about. Oh sure, we participated along the way. Without participation, there would be no miracle. After all, God helps those who help themselves. But at least for me, I carry no illusion that I was somehow able to will this outcome. Humility is an essential precondition for choosing a miraculous life. But humility itself is a gift. It cannot be willed. And we all seem to understand this. It's why we are instinctively offended by anyone who claims to be humbled, humble. And so the only appropriate response to all these miraculous gifts that we can will really is gratitude. Okay, so again, on to the song here. Um, again, the lyrics are in the program, so please follow along as you wish. And there's, a sort of, there's an Alleluia chorus, which is sort of the chorus of gratitude, if you will, um, at the end of each verse, which you know, you'll hear it the first time, and then um, the second two or three times I play it through. Feel free to join in on the Alleluia chorus. And then remember, we'll remain silent um, uh, for a minute afterwards. Thank you. 
Okay, on to my last song. Uh, for the last song, I've chosen a, a very Christian song, um, really of an expression of pure faith called All My Tears. Um, it's a song written by Julie Miller, a fairly obscure Nashville-based singer-songwriter. And again, it was covered by Emmylou Harris, which was how I discovered it. Um, it's an unabashed statement of faith, um, evoking in me similar feelings to the feelings of calm I get when reciting uh, Psalm 23, the, the Lord is my shepherd's psalm, which I just find very comforting. Um, and rather than attempting a, a prolonged exegesis of the song, I just want to highlight lyrics in the first verse, which are something I often think about as part of my daily practice. Um, and the, the words are, the wounds the world left on my soul will all be healed and I'll be whole. So to me, this is an essential aspect of, of spiritual practice, the healing of the wounds that we inevitably experience as human beings. This is the work we are here to engage in, even while recognizing that achieving it is impossible without divine help, without grace. Whoever said time heals all wounds must have been an atheist, I think, because there's something more profound at work as our wounds are healed. Wounds miraculously can be healed, perhaps not completely, perhaps never completely until we see face to face. Okay, so here we go. Again, you can follow along uh, with the lyrics in the program, or again, just sit and listen. Um, and uh, there's a repeating chorus, which if you want to join me on, um, you could do as well. So just bear with me for a second while I make sure I'm in tune.
belongs to you. 